Hey everyone, welcome back to my channel. It is so good to have you here. Tonight, I'm super stoked to bring you a titan of the ServiceNow community, Jace Benson. So if you're a ServiceNow developer, strap in for the next few minutes, and we're going to go through some serious tool talk on ServiceNow. Jace, say hello to the audience. I'm glad to be here. Hi, everybody. So Jace, why don't you uh, give people a little bit of intro, how you got started with ServiceNow? I started working with ServiceNow back in 2007, so forever ago. Uh, and I was tasked to finish up the catalog at a hospital that I worked at. I had no idea what I was doing. I just had a little bit of PHP background. So that's that's where I started. And it just all came up to whatever this is now. I got headhunted after there and now I'm a customer again. I love it. It's been a ride. Yeah. Go back a bit to 2007 is probably somewhere around about when I started too. So it's been a long ride. It's good to talk to an old timer. So what do you, uh, if you took this platform, what do you like best about it? In the beginning, or actually still, it's very fun. Flexible. You can make any solution you want, whether that's good or bad or terrible, right? You can do whatever you want. If you wanted to nag somebody every 15 minutes to do something, you can. You shouldn't do that though. But on the same note, you can automate a process all the way through, saving you know tons of time for everybody involved. And what might people know you for in the space? Like you're a name that gets around, like everybody on the ServiceNow Twitter should know who Jay Spenson is, but what might people know you for in the community? I used to say that I was a member of the month way back when, but that was, you know, two community sites ago. I'm guessing it's just that I'm, I'm vocal and I try to be on the community answering questions. If you look up for an, look for an answer, a lot of times I'll have something from way back when out there. And sometimes it still answers my own questions. I'm like, oh yeah, that's how I did that. I love it when that happens. It's like past Jace was nice to future Jace. Yeah. That's not normally how it works. You ever go in the community, you like ask a very specific question and then it comes up like, <laughs> you answered this question. You're like, oh, yeah, great. <laughs> Trying to search for it first. Yeah. Well, I mean, ServiceNow community is great for searching now. I don't know if you've been on lately. I don't see you there much, but the search engine just brings a lot more to it than those original community iterations that we had before. I was really afraid they were going to lose a lot of stuff when they made those conversions from whatever it was to the next two versions. Right, right. Okay, folks. So for those of you listening, if you don't know who Jace Benson is, you're going to get a crash course in the Jaceness today. I have been so excited to get Jace on the horn with me. And the reason I know Jace is his kind Kind of stealth contributions to the community. He's got a ton of really cool tools that are publicly available that just make life a lot easier for architects and developers. So we're going to cover two of those items today. And maybe if you guys uh, like and share enough, we'll do a bunch more. So Jace, let's talk a little bit about sndocs.jace.pro. Sure. Pro. So yeah. yeah. So a few months ago, or not a few months, like a year ago, I was doing an upgrade and I felt that there wasn't anything really worth for a customer to have. And I got really frustrated because there wasn't anything in the docs that like, because in the docs, there's always something like there's, you know, feature A, feature B, feature C, mm -hmm. all these new features. But like this was the release of, I want to say, I think it was Kingston or Jakarta. No, it was Kingston. Yeah. Because they had like service portal announcements, service portal catalog wish lists, mm -hmm. order guide widgets. I mean, you can look up the Kingston stuff, right? There's agent intelligence and flow designer. And back then everything was like, yeah, that's great. But there was nothing for people who don't have extras. So at the time, if you weren't going to use flow designer or if you wanted to use flow designer and you wanted 
to run scripts, you would have to pay for a different license. I don't want to get in the whole licensing discussion, but you know, that pretty much wipes that off the board for me and everybody else right. that has an old contract. And then a lot of the other stuff is like CSM based, which is a whole nother skew. So it just felt like they sidestep all that new stuff or all the all, updating all old stuff. So this is one tool that I fell in love with the first time I saw it. So first of all, is this something that people can access and modify their own version of it? Sure. Before we go to that, yeah. let's actually maybe, uh, let's actually dive into a little bit of the features. What I loved about it, first of all, was it's just kind of like it's custom to your own heart's desire. So if you're looking at New York and there's like these 12 things are the things that interest you, there you've got basically links into the docs and release notes, easily accessible. It doesn't have to be pack routed away in your brain. And the other thing I loved was that if you see the Madrid section down here, you, you're right down at the patch level, which is I thought was just absolutely phenomenal. But beyond that, Jace, why don't you give uh, the people a tour of how this operates. Sure. This operates, it's just a static site. So I run a script that like gets the different versions that I know of that are available. And then as they come out, because it's not, there's no like real RSS feed or like notification that like this is out now, like they might start rolling out New York or Orlando, but they might not tell anybody, you know, you might be able to get some of that stuff ahead of time. So the things that this solved for me initially was I wanted to track all the docs that got thrown out there and then all the related security KB article links, because I hate searching for that stuff. So I have a JSON. So the power button's exclusively to the security KB links, or is that just what you right. use it for? If you go to any of these links, I have them all loading to like a, an archive page because, okay. you know, things change and URLs go away and this kind of stuff. So it takes a bit longer to load. But mm -hmm. if you go to this page, every one of these has its own security patch knowledge base and service now. I didn't even know that. And those patches, you have to be logged in the high to get to them. I don't take that information off. No of the high way. That's not, but you'll find stuff that's like, oh yeah, they fixed this crazy bug that nobody knew about. You'll find wow. these KB things is crazy. But in addition to that, after looking into this stuff, if you go on high and look at the patches, you'll see that there's additional fixes that go out or additional versions, mm -hmm. you know, because there's, I don't include hot fixes. I just get the patches and the patches that are like i don't know what the letter differences are yeah so semi-significant it's more significant than a hot patch but yep. not as significant as a new number got it and i don't know what that is but they don't always have docs for them like there is no madrid 4a docs even though there was a 4a release does the tool like the tool doesn't do this automatically you're the one who's basically saying oh they released 4a let me build a link to 4a right i i have a command i run it hits a bunch of instances i know of and aggregates all the versions okay so, so then i i build it based on that information okay that so the, the number gets you a link to the actual like patch number docs page and archive of it the power button gets you to the kb article of security fixes now right. tell me about the uh, fork icon yeah, the fork icon i actually hit a bunch of the client scripts that ServiceNow has but they don't expose so like say you wanted to know what a certain directive did in ServiceNow, or you want to know like what functions are available on gform in portal versus desktop so right they're not going to send the black helicopters after us for talking about this right i don't think so okay we'll just feed, no that's good that's i don't think so is a great answer <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, if you can see, like this jumped right into this repository where uh -huh. it has this stuff and you can go to any instance and go to this endpoint here and it'll load up the same file. And if you look at this, 
Uh, this isn't a good example, but let me just pull up like, anyways, there's a whole bunch of scripts that exist mm -hmm. that aren't really documented. In those scripts includes like what's available client side, what's available server side. I'm jumping around here a okay. little bit. If you want to see like what existed in G-Form on the desktop in a specific version, like mm -hmm. Jakarta 4, I want to see what's in GlideForm and why it doesn't work. You can actually get to the methods that exist. So like, because this stuff all exists, mm -hmm. right? So like this, that show field message, it, it takes these types of things. Now this actually isn't the definition of it, but this is. So you give it the input, the message, the type, the scroll from, and the key, which matches explicitly to their documentation in that case. But then there's things like, it might be set, it's set variables read only, I think that isn't documented, which nice. actually they iterate over this kind of stuff. And then you can see exactly what they're doing. And this is in glide form, right? So you could just, you could literally pull up G, like a client script and G form dot set variables read only. And as long in as desktop in desk. Okay. Because they're different, right? So like you have a desktop G form and you have a mobile G form. Okay. Right, right, right. Right. So um, if we just abstract that out of the discussion for a moment, then that actual function might not be available in, in mobile, right? Is what you're right. saying. Okay. Yeah. But what you're like, essentially what you're getting at here is that you can, you have greater visibility to the objects that are not explicitly laid out in docs and that you can still literally call in your, in your, you know, client side or server side scripts or whichever object you're looking at. Right. Right. Have you ever used this? Like, have you ever used this to like find a function that was just like super handy at the time and it just wasn't documented so you didn't know about it? Yeah. I mean, like the set field placeholder, I've had requirements for like, yeah, I want, there to be like a placeholder there to show the type of stuff I want in there. I don't want it to be an info message. I want it to be like, we expect IP addresses. So type in like an IP address there and like set field placeholder. If I remember right, it's not documented, but it only works on portal. There's ways to make it happen on desktop because you can get access right. to the DOM there. But on portal, there's not a real good way to do that unless you make your own widget. Right. So this is for the savvy developer who, you know, just wants to find a way to get what they need done, done. And it's still since, I mean, at the very least, we're not creating something new or using something that's actually there. It's just not maybe documented well or right. at all. Okay, cool. Exactly. Can we just go back to the uh, the documentation solution, SN Docs? Right. Okay. So we basically like, so Jace maintains the numbers, he maintains the links to the security KBs, and then this branch icon is linking you to... It's to the same repo that actually holds this page. Okay. But I also store those code snippets there. And so you're doing the effort to, to, to get to acquire those code snippets and put them in a place that you link to via this app. Right. And then tell us about how you go about just linking these documents. Are all these things on the, on the right-hand side links to docs or links to they don't link link explicitly to a thing it's more of a feature that i consider a feature mm -hmm. and then it just links to the search so like for instance in madrid i was super excited about decision tables because it's a way to like abstract approvals it's literally just it just links to the search I'm like seven videos into my new york minutes and i still got to go back to madrid and do decision table stuff there's just so much right. exciting stuff per version and my work, our change is so customized. We can't even use decision tables yet. But Ugh. I'm wondering if like it's more of a global thing as opposed to a change thing. Because if you can make it at a decision at like a point in any flow, workflow, or 
workflow and you let people modify and control those things, yeah. you really don't have to manage what groups get what tasks or what groups get what approvals. Oh, no kidding. Well, I mean, look at it. It's right there, right? It's not under, it's not bundled under change. Look at the breadcrumb trail. Oh yeah. It's like now yeah. platform capabilities. That tells me it's not change specific. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I love about docs now is that you can kind of like, you can land at kind of a random page and that breadcrumb trail really gives you some context. It does. Yeah, their docs have improved a lot over the last two years. Oh, no kidding. Like, there's a point, remember, like, I just, like, play the violin every day and, and weep for the loss of Wiki, but I think we're finally at the point where docs is really a superior solution. Okay, cool. Yeah. So let's go back to SN Docs. Let's just ask you a couple more questions about it. Yeah. Can anybody else grab a copy of this or whatever and start building it out themselves? Yeah, I mean, all of these things I've been building on the side, they're all simple sites that don't have any real server-side execution stuff that happens on the page. So if you go to github.com slash jspenson slash docs, that's where the repo lives. If you clone that down locally, you'll have everything that exists on that site. If you fork it, you'll have your own version of it in your own user space on GitHub. Check in the description below. We're going to have links to that if you want to download this. Besides GitHub, do they need anything special to run this? Yeah, if, if they want to try to get the same new content that I get, they have to have Node. Awesome. Now, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you wished I would have about this solution. I wish I didn't have to have it. <laughs> like, come on, ServiceNow, don't hide this stuff. Just make it apparent, transparent. Like if you have a method that you don't want used, document it and just say it's not supported. Also, don't make it like 70 clicks to get to every patch. Mm. Like, I don't know about you, but for me, having like all this stuff on one page, it's a lot. Like, yeah. I go all the way back to, like, the beginning. Jeepers, guy. Man, you're, like, way back there. Glidesoft 2004? Yeah, so remember when the wiki was going down? It was around this time that I made this. Holy mackerel. Because <laughs> I wanted to document it. So, like, I was like, oh, what can I get? And so, yeah, I See, have See, like, like, listen, the... like, <laughs> most of the people who are in the ServiceNow space right now, the only thing they remember about 2004 is the taste of breast milk. Like, I mean, this is like I way was, back. I then. wasn't even working in IT in 2000, but I was like, well, what do I want? Hosted like, I till. Hey, listen, for you new kids ever wondered about why it's ServiceNow slash high, this is it. Hosted I till. That's how far back the Wayback Machine goes. Yeah, so I didn't want to lose this stuff when we lost the wiki. They didn't necessarily have it, right? But when I was going back further and further mm -hmm. to, like, the releases that I was familiar with, I was like, well, what's before this? Yeah. Right? And yeah. so on here, they had all these links. Oh, you all got it all, stuff. like, archived guy all yeah, right because i don't want to lose it right and no. like some of the stuff is great okay so listen maybe you're not the kind of developer who's going to go like oh maybe you're not even a developer maybe you're an admin or whatever maybe you you're not the kind of person who's going to say gosh i got to download node and then i got to get a github account so i can download jay spence's stuff and then start building this content on my own but this is a super handy utility anyways because this is like a time machine of service now granted you're getting Jace's bias about what features were cool, right? So on the or on the existed far... like some of right. these releases had no new features. <laughs> yeah, way <laughs> back in the day. Remember back in the day? Okay, sorry. On the right hand side, you're getting Jace's bias, but everything to the left is like super handy. You know, I can imagine holdout accounts that are the exception to ServiceNow's n minus two rule or n plus two or whatever it is. Maybe you oh, do want sure. to go back all the way to Fuji and see what the heck they're dealing with. So this is a super awesome tool. I'm so glad we got the time to cover it today. 
Yeah, so guys, get in the conversation. Check the description below. We're going to have links to Jace's um, Git repository for this. We're going to have links on how to get in touch with Jace if you want to be part of this, if you want to help him like keep it updated or whatnot. The next thing that I've seen in Jace's tools is, I'm going to call it a workflow illustrator. I don't know if you have a formal name for it, Jace. Yeah, I don't really have a, a name for it. I call it workflows or just workflow.jace.pro. And because I don't trust anybody to keep anything online for any length of time, and I like the host my own stuff or have it hosted in a way that I can control it. It's it's just a wrapper around a workflow diagramming tool. And when Jay says workflow diagramming, let, let's talk about why this is super relevant, okay? So I earned my bones on a ServiceNow instance. At the time, it was four years old, which made it ancient at the time. And it was a four-year-old instance that had been developed exactly as the person asks for it, is exactly the way we'll build it. Oh. Yeah, it was 150 catalog items, a dozen custom apps, and just nightmare of small customizations that were never documented. So we decided to rebuild it, and we had a lot of focus and time and energy on the catalogs. There was already 150 catalog items. And we had to go back to these teams and kind of say, like, what are the top things that you get requested for? and how do you just get as much information about what the customers need about catalog items in the shortest amount of time. And we had this template that did all the fields and transformations, but what we couldn't really capture unless we spent bucket loads of time in Visio was how the workflow is mapped out. So I saw this workflow tool from Jace and you just got to see it. So it's built on something called MermaidJS, which is just a JavaScript library to build boxes and draw the lines from box to box. It does flow diagramming, it does Gantt, and then it also does, I forget the name of it, but it's where you can identify like stakeholders and you draw lines back and forth. Those are at least the ones I use the most. Really what it is, is it lets you write in simple text what activities you want to touch what other activities. So if you want to draw a diagram out in like 10 lines, you can do that. If you're good with like text and you don't want to have to save these documents everywhere, you can paste that into anything that renders Mermaid.js diagrams and it'll just render it. What'll happen generally with me if I'm asked to like make a new process or catalog item or whatever the case is, if there's going to be more than one activity in it, like they need more than a task, so not a record producer, I'll generally find out what activities they need and then I'll take a version of this graph type and I'll, I have what I consider the nine standard workflows. The nine standard workflows. Well, because it's very rare to have a workflow that has more than two tasks generally. Like, mm -hmm. you can have standard workflows and it'll hit like 80% of everybody's work. And I think these at the bottom I have here are the standard. It's pretty much the combination of one task to two tasks and one approval to two approvals. Okay. So for the and people then, watching here, this these, these graph types are basically like versions that you've saved. Like they're just the mermaid syntax that you've saved, right? And right. you're giving them the option to use that as a template. And then you would you would basically enrich this as you learn more about what workflow you're building, right? Right, exactly. So I'd pull up like a simple template, say they're like, yeah, it needs a manager approval, and then it needs a task to the server team to build it, and it needs a task to this other team to deploy it. So then I'd be like, well, okay, so they run in, in line or they run parallel? And they're like, mm -hmm. oh, what do you mean? And I can show them them very simply, like in a visual form. Oh, I get it now. One task depends on the other. But you didn't say that. You have these discussions with customers. They don't know anything about ServiceNow. And they're saying, oh gosh, can it do approvals? And maybe they don't even know how the approval flow goes. But they're like, well, it might need one approval and then it might need another approval. And they're worried that the tool can't pick this up. But with this kind of thing, Jace is showing you right here. 
you get two different approval models. You could basically just show them and you could say, this is how ServiceNow works abstractly. Right, exactly. I mean, you can do this on paper too, but you have to know what those common models are. And then you have to realize that the customer might not know to ask for that because they don't know what those are. Exactly. Oh, the customer might not know how to ask. I love that concept. I always ask people, go to an Amish farm and you say, how do you get from here to upstate New York? They're going to talk to you in a language you don't even understand, like where they can change their horses and the dimensions of the carriage that the horse is going to carry because they have that much dried goods they have to store for the journey. (laughs) Right. And, And it's just like, you'd be looking at them like, what in the hell are you talking about? Like, I'm talking about what close is the airport, but the Amish people, they won't think that way because they don't live in that context. And the customer right. will only express things in a context that they understand. You can think of this as a way to just introduce your customer to the way you think about workflow. And it goes a lot, but like, look at Jace just going crazy, jumping from workflow to workflow. Here. How do you do that in Visio? This is just like instantaneous. Here's different ways that workflows work. It could be as simple as this, start task one, task two, end. It can be as complicated as a, you know, multiple approval with serial tasks. It's made so you can easily change the text of it and have the different things connect. One of the other things I didn't like about like Visio and all that stuff is you dictate where exactly everything goes. Mm -hmm. And anytime I can choose a tool that makes decisions for me that aren't important, Mm -hmm. I love that. I hate drawing lines between box and box. In ServiceNow's old workflow, which is, you know, they don't, (laughs) anymore i mean everybody knows the trouble that is oh i want the workflow to look nice and you move the boxes just so they sit right right and then you publish it and all of a sudden everything's moved a little bit it's like wow but i don't have to draw lines with this like it makes those decisions based on the order of the stuff you put in so okay so jace beyond showing your customer like what the workflow might look on service now how does this save you time sometimes when i'm gathering requirements i work on a small team of five guys so uh-huh. we actually rotate who's on support and the support person they have to gather requirements anyways so my point is you don't always get a chance to talk to people so if you're only in like email communication or chat communication it's really nice to just take a screenshot of this diagram and paste it in that chat tool. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's super. So like asynchronous (laughs) communication about like how this stuff works. Like how do you describe the flow, like a complex flow to somebody without actually making a diagram? You have to make a diagram unless you're going to spend a lot of time. Like that's the most architecturally insightful term I have heard in the past quarter. Asynchronous requirement gathering. I'm going to have a separate video just about that. That is really inspirational. <laughs> well, to me, I'm excited is. to hear about it. Cause... Yeah. Well, you made it, man. You're going to tell me about it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. If, I mean, I think we've all done it, right? We just didn't give it a name. Okay. But... So I'm not a quote unquote real dev. So I can go to, right now to workflow.js.pro and I can basically take advantage of not only these graph types, but I can use your markup language. Sorry if that's the wrong term. It's so it's close no, enough, it's right? Fine. Yeah. So I can use that little markup to change, like I'm changing that mermaid syntax to alter the activities in there. Right. And then when I'm done with it, I can I can take a I, screenshot I just take of it. A screenshot of yeah, it. Yeah. Cool. Right. If you if you want to keep 
like your version of it. I mean, it's just text. You yep. can just save that off as a text file. Exactly. So if you, if you don't want to worry about this GitHub stuff, if you're not there yet, but you are a ServiceNow developer or admin and you're working in the workflows, hey guys, don't be shy. Go to workflow.js.pro and just get going, man. Like this is a really good tool. And then right. if you are the kind of developer, if you go ahead and download that GitHub repo. Did I use the right term? Repo? Is that the right thing? Yeah. Okay, yep. cool. Yeah. It's, it's just for a repository, I think. Right. So just download that GitHub. Is this, again, is this available in GitHub? Or? Yeah. Almost everything I do is out there publicly. You know, github.com slash jspenson slash workflow. So you can grab that and then you could use this on your own. You can make your own template. Actually, those templates come with it or do they have to make their own? No, no those templates come with it. I plan to, as we've talked about this, it would be really useful, I think, if I had a button where, like, it submitted an issue to the repository to add a repo to it. Oh, that would be I might change that so that it just does that. Yeah, it comes with these these markdown uh, templates. And if you click into the repo and you go into the public folder and the MMD folder, you'll see that those templates exist. All right, folks, that's the two apps that we want to show you, SN Docs and SN Workflow. Again, check that description. We've got all kinds of links for you so you can get it for yourself or you could just use what Jace uses and uh, all kinds of information on how to contact Jace. Uh, Jace, in conclusion, If I could talk to myself Uh way back when in 2007, here's the things I would tell myself. Write everything down. Even if you don't publish it, save it. Remember that horror story you did for that customer who asked for this crazy form that had 700 activities Uh in the workflow? Take notes of it. Screenshot it. Save it off. You don't need to publish it, but you will look back and you will wonder what you had there. Also, don't be afraid to make stuff. Worst case scenario, nobody uses it except for you. Yeah, if you make the stuff you want, you always have one customer, right? All right, um, if you love this content, please give us a like and share. If we get enough like and shares, we will have Jay Spenson on again. We will walk through even more cool and ridiculously awesome stuff that he's created. But until then, uh, keep on watching.